0: Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors and industry experts. In 2022, I went to a number of concerts and festivals in Johannesburg, South Africa. And Ross Learmonth and the band Prime Circle performed at a number of them. When I saw Ross and the band perform live, I was determined to get Ross as a guest for the podcast. Ross Learmonth is a vocalist, musician and lyricist. He is best known as a lead singer of South African rock royalty Prime Circle. Prime Circle are a South African rock band based in Johannesburg. The band has released seven studio albums and achieved either gold or platinum status in south africa the band has successfully expanded its audience to england and europe where they consistently perform as headlining acts and at festivals up next on celebs Savant, we've got ross liamont so ross thank you for joining me in studio today yeah i'm glad to be here thanks for having me
1: how are you doing and what's happening in your world I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be back and swinging things in full force. Um, we're looking forward to just being back on the road. And, you know, I've just been enjoying that. i uh, been working on my solo record for a long time and finally getting the chance to, to finish it. So I have just finished it. So thank God.
0: Now let's take it all the way back to the very beginning of Russ's journey into the music world. At what age did you get invigorated to and inspired to join the entertainment industry let's dive all those many years back into this space
1: so i was not interested really in music at a very young age my sister was massive into the cure and into you know like really cool stuff um and i'd always be like ah whatever you know she even asked me to record a nirvana in utro show that was on like the zero hour zone back in the day on VHS, and uh, she'd gone out with her friends, and because I wasn't taken out with the friends, I refused to record the show, and she was so angry with me. But I later tracked down a copy of this, and it did change my life. You know, when music hits you, it's sort of, it's like a lava lamp, I always joke, it changes the organs inside you, like your, your molecular structure changes, and your perspective of the world. So I think when music finally did hit in high school, it was about standard seven, standard eight... I remember I was a skateboarder. That's all I wanted to do. I was just, I was a terrible student and I just wanted to skateboard. Uh, That was my, I was going to be a professional. And um, I walked into this hall where a drummer friend and a guitarist were playing and I instantly fell in love. And I made those guys my band. I took leadership and had no idea what I was doing. Fake it till you make it. And then I started my first high school band. Yeah.
0: Was that late into Prime Circle?
1: Yeah, so later on, uh, like obviously, we we played. A friend of us passed away. He was a speed metal guitar player. We used to bunk school, go smoke weed at his house, and just watch this man play metal like Demi Borgir and and like Sepultura, and really like we were into our metal quite a lot. So local music didn't really get to me i wasn't really interested in local music i wanted to be an international i wanted to be in a metal band and we'd go there every day and and just bunk school and watch like he would he would play so fast you couldn't see his fingers move and george hutting he was amazing and he passed away in a car accident in the worst road like this road between Middleburg and whitbank um coming back from a club and uh, it was terrible. So we all got together, our high school band. Even Agro came to this club to play tribute to this man. And that's where I met Marco and the guys from Prime Circle. And they were in another, they were in a cuck band. We, I was in a cuck band. And uh, their band broke up that night. And all my friends were moving on. They were going to university, going to get jobs. Uh, so we were splitting up. So I, I had an audition. Afterwards, uh, Marco heard my voice. And he said, come and sing. And I auditioned for Prime Circle at the river. I literally skateboarded down there, uh, used his guitar, didn't have one, and uh, uh, auditioned to him and his girlfriend at the time. And they both looked like gangsters, like they had bomber jackets and long hair. He looked like a drug dealer. I thought he was a drug dealer. Uh, I was hoping he was, actually. <laughs> and uh, so then I started with the band, auditioned, got the gig, and 21 years later, we're still in the band. And now, uh, finally, I mean, I've been trying to do this solo thing for so long. I've been writing music, and it always ends up on, on the sort of the Prime Circle records, which is amazing because there's always some beautiful thing happening and some excitement, and I love working with my brothers you know these guys are my family but uh yeah and then finally just forging it and 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 to where i am now to having this solo album and this new exciting uh chapter
0: why the name prime circle what does that mean
1: i hated the name i wanted it to be called so many different things like i had shit names for the band like prime circle was going to be like last i had like princess juju and <laughs> like we were just going to be like i just saw this imagery of this like cool manga kind of japanese chick with the axe in her hand like that was going to be our you know kind of logos the band was going to be a lot heavier in my mind uh, but just what came out of this group of people this this thing was sort of these kind of anthemic you know really pretty sing-along songs simple just you know like uh, uh guys next door man like that's pretty much what we were and you know you couldn't Become something that you're not. So we just sort of embraced who we were, you know, Wiped the coal dust from the back of our ears because we all worked construction or Marco owned clubs. I worked at the steelworks and then we uh, sort of got on with it, you know? So Prime Circle came around, Marco actually said it and I said, well, there's a band called Perfect Circle who are amazing. And, you know, we're just gonna be the shit version of that. Uh, But we can keep Prime Circle until we find something better and it stuck. (laughs) You know, <laughs> We used to have all friends with cooler boxes come to our band practices and then they eventually just called us Prime Circle. So it just, it is, sort of means like sort of Prime Circle of Friends, you know, like a Prime Circle, like the best circle, the best band, yeah. the best thing we can be, you know, sort of something to aspire to.
0: Now the solo work compared to collaborating in the band, the difference, tell us the journeys of doing it with the band compared to doing it singularly.
1: It's crazy because the band has always been a good sounding board and they've veered me into things where songs have become hits that I didn't think and I would have abandoned. So, you know, I have like, I'll move on. I have an attention problem. So for me, if, I, if something's not sticking really hard, I'll move on quite quickly. And that's a bad trait in a musician because you have to, and in, in art as well, it's the same, you have to really paint and it becomes ugly for quite a while until it starts to become beautiful. And it sort of equates to music as well. So their guys really helped me in sort of uh, sticking to my sticking to a journey and seeing the song through. and let it be a really shit song, but let it be finished. And then generally it doesn't, it becomes a great one. And then I wouldn't predict hits. Like I predict hits by saying, I don't like the song. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's going to be a bigger song than, I just, it's not that I don't like the song, it's just I would prefer the more obscure or darker or like kind of like cooler element uh, to me. But then these songs, these other big, these songs would become massive. So it was kind of cool. Like I'm the anti-prediction. Uh, so having a band, that sounding board is very different. Um, being on my own, there's a lot of firsts for me. A lot of things like you like you procrastinate a lot in life, especially me being sort of a, a big drinking couch potato for so long in my life. I, just, I was in a waiting room to play gigs. And now my mindset has changed, like where I'm facing a lot of fears. I'm putting myself in a lot of firsts and I'm sort of just chasing, you become a better musician, a better singer, a better player, and not be so complacent. You can get quite complacent mm-hmm. in, in something that is successful. So for me, like just to face, you know, these, these fears and, and to try and write music that is different and grow continually as a musician. I think that's the main goal. Um, hopefully it works and hopefully the popularity and people love the music. That is the second thing. And, and then, you know, uh, the freedom of, of being able to tour it well is the next. So yeah, first and foremost is just sort of to grow and sort of face that thing. So that's, that's been the big challenge for the solo, you know, and to be my own sounding board.
0: And when you are your own sounding board, I'm picturing Ross on one side of the room and then jumping to the other side of the room and then talking to each other. Do you talk to yourself?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I talk to myself. Look, I have an amazing producer on this. I've worked with uh, people. I flew all over the world to do some writing as well. Some of the stuff I've written myself. But I wanted, because of the change, I flew to Nashville in 2020, just before the world ended. And I was working with a lot of different songwriters there. I flew to London and worked with some people there. So just to try and learn, you know, again, and and to put put a new hat on. And I didn't want it to sound like Prime. I've heard a lot of solos go solo and then it sounds exactly like their band and uh, I think that's more of an abandonment. You know, that's kind of quite sad, you know. It is still going to be my voice and it's hard to break away, but where can I change it? Where can I make it different and exciting for, for people to listen to and for my band to not sort of hate me for the rest of my life so that was the main thing uh but having that sounding board with a producer is also helpful and different songwriters but i have to make the main call in the end and that is where i had this big conversation and it's weird i don't know if you you guys have this but when you wake up in the morning there's a there's a time but when you wake up till when you properly wake up there's like a, a hell a lot of like conversation that goes on me there that's quite a real time for me i don't know what it is maybe i'm just being extremely negative then but i sort of ask myself quite hard questions then and then i sort of face the day and and see what i can do about it
0: now from zero whether it's solo or with Prime Circle, yeah, from zero to a three to four minute song. What is that process for you? Is it uh, different each time? What is, inspires your writing? Tell us the journey of creating the, a song for Ross and or Prime Circle. Yeah,
1: so with the band, uh, a lot of the time there'll be I'll have an idea or something, and then I'll bring it to the band and. We sort of run through the musicality of it, and then I'll take the uh, then I write the lyrics and the melody. Uh, I'm, uh, the guys aren't uh, b- like sort of melody guys; they're more uh, the impact and how the music works and everything. Uh, but like they're all amazing instrumentalists and musicians. And Marco has such a business mindset as well, so it's quite cool to have all these characters in a room. So we'll be writing with different mindsets. You know, I'll be thinking on a visual aspect; they'll be thinking on a pulse kind of percussive drumming aspect although he is a fantastic guitarist uh neil is thinking on a sort of a synthy kind of emotional journey feeling so it's, it's quite cool where everyone can fill in the gaps that way but uh from from a sort of songwriting thing is a lot of the time it's sort of it's impulsive for me like i i, I don't smoke a lot of weed but every now and then i'll, I'll smoke uh and it'll inspire something. But sometimes it just takes me off in these stupid tangents and then I'll play the worst music of my life. <laughs> and I have no, I have no feeling uh, about it. I just hate myself. But so, like, but sometimes it just spurns off like one or two ideas. But I'm, my memory's gotten worse as I've gotten older. So I use a lot of my cell phone to record basic ideas. And then I've I actually sampled that a lot on the solo record. I've sampled even just from my phone recordings. And I've just kept it. It sounds sort of lo-fi and... But it's you know capturing that actual image, that right that moment. It's very hard to duplicate.
0: Now you mentioned your memory. Yeah. Does that affect you performing live?
1: I think lyrics has taken up all the space, all the RAM, because I like I don't remember a lot of things. I feel really bad. I think people must think I'm quite arrogant sometimes because I don't remember people as well as I should, okay. or or moments, uh, which sucks, man. It's it's a real uh, issue in my life, uh, but I, I'm I'm constantly trying. You know, I think uh, trying to get that better, you know, like for me, I've given up alcohol. I've given up a lot of a lot of sort of negative things in my life to try and sort of build that memory. I, I realized I was forgetting a lot more and more and more. And that, that scared, scared me. Yeah. So I think uh, I'm constantly trying to work on it and uh, get better at it. But I mean, lyrics for some reason just stick. Like that's the one thing that I can do. Lyrics and melody...
0: Now, let's go back to performing live. What do you enjoy about it? What is that feeling and adrenaline for you?
1: Um, live is, is, is the real thing. Sort of like, you know, an album is, is sort of your, your business card uh, for me. And it's sort of, you know, and, and it generates a lot of income, as we, you know, we've seen. Uh, the, the tears of it, I mean, just the top artists in the world are generating. I mean, they never have to move a finger again. But I mean, the point of it would be to get on the road. There would be no reason to make a record for me without having to get on the road and to try and duplicate it and to try and match it and to try and grow on it, you know. Give the Mona Lisa some eyebrows kind of thing. It's a <laughs> it's a working process, you know? So for me it's sort of that whole thing and then having to spend time with them. Like I would be I would feel so sad to just be recording songs and then that was it. You know, there'd be no prestige. The end of the, the magic trick. So for me, and it's not necessarily about the 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 love that you chase it is it's it's about how people witnessing their relationship with that song and you having that relationship with the that song that's the thing, uh, the song is still the king, so uh, the song is still the hero at the end. And then just have fun doing it. And if people can genuinely see that, then they have fun, and that's amazing. You can make someone's day better, you know, from like having a fight with the wife, getting ready, she's late again, the makeup, you have to stand in queue to get beer spill the fucking beer and then there's a you know she wants a hot dog but you were just in the queue and then the opening band isn't as good and then finally you see your band you know what i mean like it's such a process but it's such a beautiful thing you know to be going out and watching music and being a part of it
0: unpacking a couple of elements there so you've actually naturally have had headlining and you've also opened for Mm. other artists yeah the difference between that do you find it more challenging being the opening act? Yeah. Because you find that you have to win them over because the audience is there for the main act? Yeah.
1: It's different with every... We've, we've been fortunate enough to tour with some major players and, and get to see behind the curtain of, of some some real, real money in production and, and and see how you get treated as an opening act, which has also taught us how to treat opening. You know, because we, we're three doors down. They gave us 100% sound where sometimes some bands will give you sort of 60% sound and a paw can. And then when they come on, it's just sort of like the show has to level up which I really re- respected about Three Doors Down when they gave us 100% of the sound. Obviously, the lighting rig and everything, that it's, it's a massive expense, and it's part of their show, and it's programmed to their show. Yeah. But we got a bit of lights, and that was cool, you know. With Alter Bridge, it was the same. They The the, the sound was never restricted. Um, certain bands, like we, we toured with a band called The Boss Horse in Germany. These guys are playing 15,000 people a day. There's like 10 trucks that pull in. And just to be a part of that production and being playing with a German band so you're not playing to South African fans internationally you're playing to the German community mm-hmm. which was such an amazing thing because you have to go in and play and like you it's it's auditioning every show it's flexing you have to be on your best you know make sure that you're not uh, getting caught up in the life the road life you know because you're getting hammered and you know so those kind of things is is, is amazing it, it, it changes all the time but we've always had a good experience with opening luckily you know, we, we've been blessed with that. Yeah. You know? And it teaches us how to treat when we have bands, we want to give them the full rig and we want to give them the full opportunity. And if you want to, like, have our lighting and stuff, maybe give our lighting guy a better, you know, pay him a little bit. That's yeah. up to him. It's a separate thing.
0: Now, it's a tremendous toll performing live. We as the audience see it as a perspective from, yeah, it's a wonderful one show, but yeah. for you guys, it's. In the tour bus, one place to the next, traveling, in our hotels, sound checks. Some of that stuff can be a little bit boring, a little bit tedious. Yeah. So how do you get through that? And does it ever get to you that part of the uh, performing life?
1: Well, I've done it all with the drinking. You know, you just drink. There's a lot of a lot of the time. We've we, we done a couple of tours where it's just you, you get into a drinking kind of habit. And then then you get into a routine. And it's sort of like... It, and that was fun. I'm so glad that those times happened. Now, I mean, these days, I just try and get up as early as I can and ex, and do as much exploring because of that memory thing. Yeah. So, like, if you like, we've done tours where across Europe, where it's 28 shows, 32 days, and then I can't pinpoint where each show was, and it's quite sad because you sort of you forget these beautiful moments, and then you end up competing with yourself based on the shows you did previously. So. It's like not it, there's no visual to me anymore it becomes quite a blur. So what I try and do now is sort of get up and explore the city and it sort of helps me remember the show better. You know because then I'll go oh there was an art exhibition on I ran down the beach that day and and I saw this dog yes. and I saw these people like there's all these certain, certain things that tie it in for the show and then I can sort of oh there we go now I remember the show because it, it's sad to lose so many gigs that way. it just becomes one big show. So that that gets a bit tedious. Um, we had our bookkeeper come on the road once. He was based in London. He's an amazing man. He's, he runs the Rada Foundation, uh, something we're a part of, and uh, it's an amazing charity. And he wanted to come on the road with us. He's He lasted two days. And this was a 14, 15 sleeper tour bus, PlayStation in the back. It's got a bar. It's a really nice machine, but it's actually not. It is so difficult to be... On a tour bus as well especially with the hours with that amount of like snoring and farting and <laughs> drinking and just every kind of personality rubbing up against you yeah it, it, it is tricky you know um and it's it's like the novelty wears off pretty fast yeah the the whole way of doom with 15 beds in it yeah
0: let's unpack the new solo album let's dive into yeah. some of the songs
1: yeah, so I I released a song called, it, this took me forever. I mean, I wrote Wild, this, this song. I, I released it about six months ago, and it's been amazing. It's been great to have a solo song out, but it was such an anxiety thing because I've been in a band for so long. It almost felt like uh, it was just a weird dynamic uh, to finally release it. I've been talking about it for so long to finally release a song. And I wrote it four years ago, and I've had this song in my pocket for that long. And uh, it was frustrating and exciting, but also at the same time, like, come on, you're dragging your feet now. And then the world ended, and I couldn't do anything about it. But finally, got wild out to to great. It's had such great success, and been seeing it. Then I released "Screaming," which is something. It's more of a funk kind of song. It's a very different take on me. Which was good because I wanted to push myself and to be extremely different, and it's it's also landed some really cool mm-hmm. tricks, and, and and it's cool because it's speaking to an audience. People are speaking to me now that would never have spoken to me about Prime. It's a different, it's hitting in a different place, which mm-hmm. is really really good. Um, and then I took some of the stuff over to Europe quickly for a small tour, and the response was great. I was in London and I was in Germany on my own, so it was weird seeing, being backstage and then there's no there's no band, no crew. Uh, and then, just getting out and playing this music has just been incredible. So I've just uh, released another single now, and it's just been it's just so much fun to be able to be in this wearing this new hat. you know, uh, the songs are really speaking to my soul, like I feel like the best work I've ever done. Uh, again but that's uh, hopefully will always feel that with every piece of music that i put out yeah. i've also been painting a lot using this time to be a, a, as extremely creative as possible and uh, hopefully i'll be doing an exhibition with the launch now coming up in march where i'll be dropping the entire album uh, 10 tracks and uh, a, an art piece for every every song uh, which will be an immersive thing. I just I want people to walk through the record while they're waiting. So they're going to have a gin and tonic in their hand, be able to walk through the lyrics. And there's a couple of like interactive pieces where you have to put your arm into one of the pieces oh, and you have to sort of trust in the process yes. because the song's called Wonderful, that, that is based on. And that song, The Unknown, is what's wonderful. It's always that chasing. It. It's a very romantic record, it's very much about escaping and about moving into a next part of life. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely exciting.
0: I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Generally, the recipients of this question don't like this question. Okay. I know if I asked you this question in two minutes, two hours, 20 days, the answer will be different. Okay. Your top five go-to songs by other artists yeah. in this moment. In
1: this moment, like now it's been raining. So I like listen, listen to Fink every time it rains. Um, and there's a song called Looking Too Closely Um, I would say that I always love my heavy so uh, bring me the horizon Uh, anything from them sure Uh, Leon Bridges um, Back of My Motorbike that song is incredible his new record is so inspiring who else now let me think
0: I think you've got one more.
1: Be- okay, four. then, Bini, Be- uh, she's a youngster from New Zealand, but she's I've doing so, it, yeah. yeah, and it's, uh, there's a song called Happen to Me, which is just incredible. It talks about anxiety. And-
0: the podcast is listened to throughout the world, South Africa, UK, Germany, Belgium, everywhere, and in between Poland, We number 18 in Poland. <laughs> so- Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> yes, and thank you for listening. And uh, as a final mes- message to the listening audience, what would you like to say?
1: Yeah, thanks for listening to this podcast. Thanks for listening to my music. Hopefully you enjoy this new record that's about to come out. It's exciting times. It's I've put everything into it. So uh, when you listen to it, just uh, keep that in mind. It is it is something that is uh, my heart and soul. And uh, yeah, uh, hopefully see you on the road soon.
0: So this is Barrett Edelsen's Svant signing out with Ross. <laughs>